James Hansen, welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. What are you doing? Um, about to just get in bed so I can put ice on my knee. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, reasons for putting ice on our knee are? Um, I don't know. You know, <laughs> felt good this morning, and then after my second run today, right at the end, just uh, started hurting, but it's frustrating. Yeah. But uh, it'll be fine in the morning. Fair enough. Uh, for those who don't know, you've been doing a, a fair bit of running. Uh, of course, the uh, two-wheel marketing manager for uh, Rockstar Energy Drink, James Hansen, on the phone with us here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Um, you're, you're essentially, uh, you've almost, like, you're running twice a day, every day, uh, except for on race day, I suppose. I, I bet you're probably getting him in on race day as well. Tell me a little bit about uh, this kind of, this challenge that you've put upon yourself to... Uh, to, to do, do something pretty spectacular 2019? Well, I do I do run between 13 and 17 miles on race day before, um, before I go to the track. Um, and then obviously we walk around for 15 hours. But yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah so it's, it's weird how fast things can progress. Um, at the beginning of the year, I didn't, you know, last year I had big goals, I thought. Uh, running 2,018 kilometers and rowing a million meters. Um, and I ended up at 2,400 kilometers and 1.25 million meters on the Concept 2 rower. Right. And going into this year, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I, I kind of wanted to uh, focus on racing the half marathon and getting stronger and faster for that because I've been pretty successful with it. Um, and then a week into it, I thought it would be really cool, you know, like, 2,300 kilometers is, you know, what, it's like 15, 1,600 miles. So, approximately, I, I really don't know. No, I yeah. think that's pretty close. Um, I, I have an idea to run from my current address in North Carolina to my old address in uh, Washington State. Which are quite far apart. Which coincidentally, what's that? Which are quite far apart. Yeah, and that's about twice as much as I'd ever run in a year. Um and coincidentally, it was 2,966 miles, which is, I didn't make it up. That's exactly what it was on, on, on the map, which obviously 296 is my racing number. So that was pretty ironic. That's the um, same, yeah. So I, uh, I started out that way. And then um, basically, I'd, I'd raised my minimum run from seven miles a day to eight. Nothing big. And then... Um, I started moving up on uh, Map My Run on uh, You Versus the Year, where it tracks all of your miles that you run or walk for uh, the entire year. And I was, I was closing in on the top 20, and I thought that was cool. And in my mind, uh, just and that was just in the 30 to 39 men. Um, and in my mind, I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. But, you know, I guess at this point, my goal for the year of being 30 to 39 would be to you know, stay in the top 100 for the whole year. And then I, you know, I would push a little more here over there and maybe run a little farther or just be exploring on the road. And I got close to the top 10. I was like, oh, I might as well try to get in the top 10 at least for a second. And then, um, it, I did it close on the top five. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, you know, I got into fourth and I was like, well, oh, there's no way I'm catching, you know, the top three, they're way ahead. Um, and then I just started running more and I closed in on them 
And long story short, to that point, I passed them. For in, in like a two or three week period, they were, the leader was 300 kilometers ahead of me. I passed them, and now I'm 100 kilometers ahead. And uh, shifted my focus to uh, the overall. So now I'm fourth in the world of um, everyone that's in the challenge, which is 140,000 people. And now I'm closing on third and second overall. So it's really just kind of spiraled out of control. And last week, I, I made a goal to run 200 miles in a week, and I did it in five days. I'd never run 100 miles in a week before 2019. So, no kidding. But you you have been running, you, like uh, like you said earlier in the pod. Like you 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 did do quite a bit of running, more than your average bear uh, in 2018. But this is a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, I mean, my goal in 2018 was to run 20 half marathon distances, um, 13 miles or more whatever, you know, the distance was, but 13.1 or more. Right. Um, and I ended up running like 23 and then I did a race at the end of the year in December 29th. And, uh, that was my 24th one. I hurt my ankle the first mile, almost one had been sick the whole week was so sick during the race that I couldn't breathe through my nose. So I couldn't drink water. Um, and I, and, you know, I learned a lot about the mental side stuff that I'd never known or learned before that, um, about overcoming stuff like that. And, uh, it made me a lot stronger mentally. And then, so I came into 2019 with a hurt ankle and I'm still wearing an ankle brace in March, but, uh, yeah, I just did, I think my, well, it's written down over here. Uh, today I just did my 56th distance of 13.1 or more this year. And we're in the 11th day of March. So, yeah. Um, I did three full marathons last week, which uh, for four total, I think that's going to grow. Um, for example, tomorrow, I'm supposed to ride in the evening, so I was just going to run a full marathon in the morning, get my miles in. So I'm icing my knee now. About my 15,000th injury this year. <laughs> and uh, see how tomorrow goes. I was going to say the wear and tear on the body has got to be pretty surreal right now, uh, but also also reaching a bit of a, a level of homeostasis where your body's sort of starting to get prepared for this uh, week after week, day after day. Um, how, how's the body feeling? Uh, and, and what have you had to do to change and sort of like uh, um, sort of maintenance style uh, methods have you had to use to sort of uh, keep yourself going? Well, what's weird is it seems like I'm going through like a cycle of injuries. They're not reoccurring. Uh, my right shin, some you know, I, had a, I, I think they're shin signs, but my right shin was pretty bad. But it was only for like three days. Um, I started with the left ankle injury at the beginning of the year. And my right shin, um, my left shin was really bad to the point where I was concerned it was starting to fracture because shin splints can get to the point where they start fracturing to the point where you can completely break your leg. And then, so it was, it was so bad that I was barely able to sustain a 12 minute mile, which I can run five minute miles and perhaps four minute miles. So, um, and I can, I can run five, five minute miles in a row. So the fact that I could barely do a 12 was pretty concerning. Um, so I just kind of ran through the week. I didn't, I didn't want to lose ground and I knew right. that if I took a week off, that I wouldn't be able to catch up, which ironically with my goal being winning the 30 to 39 men, 
I would have caught up anyway, but I didn't know that. And now I would be way farther behind the overall. So, I mean, even if you're, you think you can take time off to reach your goal, you may have bigger goals. So, I mean, if you can get through it, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be as close as I am now to the bigger goals. But yeah, that was a, that was a scary one. I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through it. Um, I, I resisted getting x-rays and just kind of felt it out. And it, as it got started to get better, I just forgot about it, you know, and it got to the point where I could run and it didn't bother me. Um, still to this day, if I lift my foot up, it hurts, um, which because you're contracting the muscle. Right. But it's gotten, it's gotten way, way better. And um, now my feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> there's a new injury my right foot feels okay now my left foot uh it is bruising uh in the front of my foot and bruising going into my toes so I, and i think that one's going to take a while but i felt really good this morning i ran 18 miles this morning and then i, I ran 11 this afternoon and right towards the end my knee started to hurt and i don't know why but the thing none of them have reoccurred every injury that i've gone through has gone away and not come back and it's like it's just moving up my legs just <laughs> and, moving around. So you're you're yeah, looking like forward to some hip pain next up. week, maybe? Yeah, well, no, I, I have actually already had hip pain, but that's a, that's a stretch. You know, it's a sciatic nerve, probably, and, and there's a stretch uh, where you put your, your leg on your other leg, you know, in a sitting position, and right. put your knee down to stretch your hip. Yeah. It's not really an injury. It's more tightness. So, um, yeah, I, I had been dealing with that. And then Dr. Navarro finally talked to me about stretching after 10 years. And it's actually it's actually helping, so miracle. Uh, so thanks to Doctor Navarro for that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. The, the knee thing is scaring me right now a little bit because it's a joint and there's already a screw in there. But I, I think it'll be okay. It's uh, but it's frustrating because it just seems to be one thing after another. Which I'm already at 1,200 miles this year, over 1,200 miles miles this year. So I, I guess you know that's a reason, but it's hard to accept. I just don't agree with with it <laughs> i don't feel like it should happen no absolutely <laughs> fight yeah. against your own body on this one how does this affect your uh, everyday day-to-day job and also uh, your ability to get on the motorcycle and do some riding obviously uh, we can only do so much activity in a given week um sounds like you, you haven't been doing a lot of uh throttle therapy which to to, to this journalist is rather uh, concerning knowing that uh you're a guy who likes to get out on two wheels quite often yeah, you know, I've been so obsessed with the competition and winning, and I hate losing. I absolutely hate losing. I'm not a good sport in that sense. Um, I, I always put it on myself, but I hate losing. And I continue to win whatever my goal was in this running thing, And but now there's a final one. I mean, if I can win the overall, then that's winning it all, right? So um, I haven't ridden since the first week of December, but I'm playing the wide tomorrow night. Um, like I, I feel guilty about it. You should. <laughs> you have a beautiful Husqvarna 252 stroke and one. Do you have a 125 as well? Yeah, I have two out yeah. there, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I feel guilty. Like I feel bad about it, and I mean, I probably shouldn't, but it's just you know, it's my life. So, mm-hmm. um, but as far as work and stuff, like uh, I get up at 4 a.m. every morning to run, and then I run in the evening. Uh, last week when I had the goal to do 200 miles in a week, I got up at 3 a.m. because I knew I had to run more in the morning. Um, so really, like, 
a lot of people say they don't have time to do certain things, but it's really just because they don't want it. They don't want to do them. Yeah, it just means they um, like to sleep. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to get up at 3 a.m. and and go <laughs> and go run, especially when it's, you're in Minnesota and it's 30 below zero, but you just don't want it. But, I mean, you don't, don't say you do because you don't. Yeah. You know, if you really want to do something, you will find a way. To a certain extent, there's obviously circumstances that that make things impossible at the time or whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, just it's not that big of a deal to me if, if I want something to find a way to get it done. Right. So uh, what do you think it is that uh, made you take on this challenge? You're a guy who likes to challenge himself uh, with the rowing, with the running. Uh, honestly, even even on, on two wheels, you, you seem to even take on these these 125 races, and as, as fun as they are, uh, you're about as competitive as they come once the gate drops. Um, like is, is this some sort of weird addiction to being competitive or an addiction to the con- competitive nature? What's, uh, what do you think is going on here? Yeah, I think I have a, a sick addiction to competition. I think I have an even sicker addiction to not giving up or not quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, I mean, I would have ran until my leg broke. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's not smart. You know, you know, it, it means a lot to me that I motivate people, but I don't think people should be as stupid as I am. <laughs> but but that's, right. just, that's just how I am and how I'm always going to be and how I've always been. I can't quit until something makes me quit. Um, but with running races, which ironically this year I'm not going to be able to do any running races because running this many miles makes you slower, but it's strange because when the when there's no gate, but like the theoretical gate drops, uh, in a running race, it's the same feeling. There's a sprint, you know, depending on the distance, a two or four mile sprint, uh, competition in the path and pushing yourself to the absolute limits and then crossing the finish line and winning. It's all the same feelings. It's so relatable to racing dirt bikes that it's unbelievable. And, you know, I can, I can, I can much easily, much easier, easily, easily, how's that go? Much more easily? Easier. Much more easily? Much more easily easily train for a running race than I can for a motocross race because I'm constantly traveling. I work, I don't know, 350 days a year. And I can always run when I'm out of town. You know, I can run, you know, getting up at 3 a.m. and going and running isn't the same as loading up a bike, driving to a track. You know, that's an eight-hour process. Right, yeah. You, you put on shoes and you, like... And you go. Yeah, yeah. If you're near the beach, you don't have to put on shoes. Just go run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, so it's, it's still racing, and it has the same exact feeling. It's really strange. Like, that emotional feeling when you win something and, like, overcome adversity and, and just, like, and the race, like you're racing, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, uh, it, it's kind of replaced it for me and it's all kind of built into the sickness of whatever's wrong with me now. Fair enough. So now that you kind of have an idea of what sort of pace that you need to be running at in the, for the remaining weeks, like how long is the competition? Does this go all the way till December 31st? And are you sort of 
marking your competition very much like a motocross race where you see where you're falling behind, see where they're making up time, see where they're putting in extra miles. Um, like, is it basically like, oh, I have to run... 240 miles in a given week to ensure that I gain 15 miles per week on this guy so that after 10 weeks, I'm 150 miles ahead of this guy? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm tracking them. Um, I'm writing the numbers down every week, seeing where I'm at, seeing what I got to do, seeing how many they're doing every week. Silently, I don't want to be friends with them. I don't like them. I I, I want to break them. I like And them. I want to beat them. I like that. I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't know why, but like, I just like when it came to the 3039, like the dude was three or four hundred kilometers ahead of me. I wanted to catch him, pass him, drop him and break him and make him want to quit and move on. That's a uh, killer mentality right there. I think, uh, you, you're developing some serious mental strength through this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of time to think, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're running. You know, yes. Last week I was running six hours a day or more. That's a lot of inward but thinking. Two, there's a lot of time to think, especially when you're running for three hours in the dark. <laughs> I would <laughs> you know when you don't see any other people or anything, and, and running has always been a release and, and a place to get, get away. You know, I don't, I don't bring my work phone when I run. You know, I can't get those emails, and it's like a, a freedom. Right, and it allows your mind to escape and and just think about whatever, you yeah, know, anything. Like I could be thinking about the next painting or the next song, or or thinking about who knows what. Sometimes I think that forty two things go through my mind in like ten minutes, and I'm like, what was I just thinking about? You know, like, it just bounces around. But you're free to, you know, it's it's just an escape, and it's and it's great. And I think that's how it started. Yeah, it's awesome, and I think that uh, it's it's actually sort of right in line with uh, the challenge that I started just last Tuesday. It's a seventy-five-day challenge, maybe not as, as lofty as yours, but um, it's five That's tasks. A lot of days, though. What's that? Yeah, it is a lot of days. That's a lot of days. Um, seventy-five days in a row, no cheat meals, including booze. Uh, drink a gallon of water every single day. Read ten pages every single day as well as have two workouts, 45 minutes long each. One has to be outside. I think you, you, you're probably already doing this challenge without, uh, without even knowing it. And then at the end of every day, you got to take a progress photo. Uh, but honestly, the, uh, the outdoor activities and stuff like that, like obviously since I'm up here in the Great Canadian Wilderness, um, I had the ability to just literally trudge through snow about knee-deep oh, for yeah. 45 minutes straight, which... Uh, <laughs> um, just smashed myself um so yeah like it's it's been uh it's been pretty cool um and uh like just working through it and like the no cheat meals thing like it's it's one thing like is like i've never really eaten shitty like i don't really eat bad I, like every once in a while someone will order some pizza and i have a few slices but like the fact that I can't walk over to my fridge that I'm looking at right now, knowing full well that there's some uh, Cadbury mini eggs sitting in there, which I used to snack on about a oh, week ago. So much caramel. Oh yeah, no, no, like the car, <laughs> like the 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 little um, the little um, not the Cadbury eggs, but the uh, like the the mini eggs. They're like the little. They have like candy yeah. coating, and there's just ch- just milk yeah. chocolate on the inside. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I leave them in there for my girlfriend because she loves them so much. But, of course, they're at my house. So 
I have to, like, every time today when I was making dinner, I open up the freezer and there they are. And I have to have the mental strength to close the freezer without grabbing them. So uh, it's really cool. I, I, I Anyone who, who's uh, considering, like, taking on something like that, like, obviously it's physical because it's two workouts a day. Obviously it's physical because I'm drinking so much water. But the mental strength of just being able to take something on like this and say, like, what do I want more? Do I want that 75th day to go by where I didn't cheat on my mail, my meals, I didn't miss a day of reading, I didn't miss a day of water, uh, and I didn't miss a day of my workouts as well as the fo- uh, the progress pick? Like how good that's going to feel? Like I want that 75 days oh, yeah. so more, so much more than I want a slice of pizza or anything else. Yeah, because quitting sucks. But what's ironic is I'm not doing that challenge because – I'm burning 15 to 20,000 calories a week and every 3,500 calories is a full pound of fat, which I just learned from uh, Kyle Thompson, who is following my every move and is obsessed with numbers. And so he's telling me these things. Uh, I'm eating chocolate cake, ice cream. I just bought ice cream sandwiches with M&Ms. I know this isn't helping you. Um, That's fine. Oh, I don't care. My my girlfriend, I got to tell you this right (laughs) after you're done. So I need, like, I need, not just protein, but I need, I need carbs. So, I mean, I haven't been drinking bourbon so much as, you know, normally I usually have a couple bourbons here and there. I've been drinking beer, per hour. um, to get carbs. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm just trying to feed my body because I mean, 20,000 calories in a week is a lot to burn when, you know, you're supposed to eat 10,000 or I guess it's 14, right? You're supposed to eat right. 2,000 a day or whatever. Well, add 14,000 to 20, I'm down 34,000. So yeah, I get to eat cake and stuff and I'm, and it's actually probably one of the best parts. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I, um, I've never eaten so much stuff like this in my life and it's, <laughs> it's pretty satisfying. That it would be. My biggest goal with my current diet is, is just to be uh, as about as lean as possible at 195 pounds. Like, if I, I think I'd basically look like an NFL linebacker at that point, maybe a few pounds shy of that, but uh, I, I got a pretty big build to begin with. Um, but like, like the last time you saw me in person was fuck way too long ago. It was a super cross of 2018. Was it, maybe. Was it in uh, Phoenix? I think so. Phoenix. Yes. You stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed with you. In and you Phoenix. had to be, you had the fit meals. In the That's fridge, right. and we ate them at like 3 a.m. after drinking all night. Yes, we did. BC Fit Meals hooked <laughs> us up, and we were we were snacking on that out, out, out of the microwave. And then I went straight to the airport. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, one of the many times that I've checked out of a hotel room for you, um, which I appreciate, by the way. Um, but yeah, like this, um, the no cheat meals thing is going to be like really difficult to sort of get in the, those additional calories that I need to have to build the muscle that I want to put on. Like it's going to be a lot of like, it's not just a lot of food. It's a lot of healthy food. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an awesome challenge. It's a super liberating challenge. And, uh, honestly, the biggest change that I've noticed with how much water I'm drinking is I, I, I'm, I don't, I really don't feel that hungry for, for shitty stuff. And like, I've, I've completely now understand the difference between being thirsty and, or being hungry and bored. <laughs> yeah. Hungry and bored or just empty. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what else too is, uh, I'm actually becoming an ambassador for the company, but it's called runner's daily vitamin. Okay. Um, and they're right here in Wilmington 
and I've started taking them about a month ago. And I think it's been, it was designed by, the idea was come up by um, a company called I Am Without Limits, which is a coaching uh, deal here in, in, in Wilmington based on running. And so the, he worked with doctors or whatever and, and came up with this idea. And I've honestly never felt better in my life even after for I'm going to run 600 miles this month. I haven't, I haven't put that goal out there yet, but like I'm not tired. I feel amazing inside. And that's what's so frustrating about these ligament bone muscle injuries is I've never felt better inside. Um, I'm sure part of that has to do with eating chocolate cake. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that, I think the vitamins have, have come into part along with the stretching um, to make me feel so good that, that that's why these injuries are frustrating. But, but yeah, like I'm pretty pumped on the vitamins. I haven't taken vitamins ever in my life. unless my mom or girlfriend or wife or whoever I would have at the time made me. So I'm so focused on my goal now that just like you are not cheating with your meals. I'm actually taking vitamins every single day, which is unbelievable for me yeah. to remember for one thing and to even care. So I'm actually, I'm actually pretty pumped on that too. Anytime you can create a new habit, a positive one, like that's unbelievable because we're so in a rut with the way, especially as adults, like we're so in a rut with the way we, we eat the way we like, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this podcast who have a, a cup of coffee with cream and sugar, 365 days a year. You know what I mean? And, and to like, to, either break that habit or create a new habit, like something just completely out of uh, what they're, they're completely, they're used, they're used to is completely out of left field. And to me, I find putting yourself through uh, some sort of adversity, even if it's a positive one, I think it's, it's not only good for the body, it's also good for the mind. And uh, I think there's a lot of people maybe listening to this kind of like, why would you want to do that to yourself? Like, and honestly, I've explained the challenge to like more than a couple of people and they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, okay, you just don't get it. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a fantastic feeling. And uh, like, I, I, I I told this one, this one uh, young girl who's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I want to be a millionaire one day. And she's like, what do you like? What do you like? What does that have anything to do with doing that? I'm like, because. I honestly don't think like relatable. They're totally relatable. Like I want to be a millionaire one day. If I can't, if I can't do this little challenge, 75 days, how do I expect myself to be a millionaire one day? You know, that's what's funny because like I said, if you don't want it, you don't really want it because you're not willing to put in the work. Well, I think about this sometimes because when I'm running 30 miles, I'm like, nobody wants to do this. I don't care. I'm going to do it. So why have I not applied this monetarily? I mean, I work a lot, but not in the right way. You know what I mean? I work a lot, but I should make way more money. So why am I not applying this to that, which I just haven't figured out yet? Because <laughs> I've had these conversations in my head multiple times. Here I am doing everything I can to win this, but could I not be applying that brain power to more money? Because I love money. Right. Money would allow me to do this more. Exactly. Or other things like climb Mount Everest or other goals that I have in my life that are very expensive. So, so that's what's funny. I don't know if it's just because this is at my fingertips. 
So I just, while it's because that's work what you're working on happen, right now. I think this this is what but this is what prepares you to to have those inward thinking moments where you basically like like the hours you spend running, the hours you spend in the gym, and honestly, the hours that you spend uh, in the airports all over North America and sometimes the world uh, is when you'll do the thinking necessary to uh, to take yourself to that next level. I think that it's almost like it's a necessary evil. It's almost like I'm waiting for it to come to me, though. You know, like. The, this, this thing is easy for me. Yeah. It's right outside. I can just go outside. Like people don't understand that I can walk outside and run until my legs fall. Right. It takes no brain power. I mean, it, well, shouldn't say that because there's obviously a lot of mental focus that goes into running this much. But like, how do I apply this to that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what I just haven't figured out yet. But I have plenty more time running this year. <laughs> to, to see if I can lock this thing down. <laughs> no kidding. What, what what do you find has been the hardest part other than like, obviously your cycle of injuries. I'm sure at some point your pinky fingers will be, will be sore at some point. What has been the sort of the most debilitating part or are you, have you gotten to the point now where it's sort of just uh, a steady grind? No, nothing, nothing like my brain could go forever like and even even my cardio could go forever i mean i you know i'm running eight and a half i'm trying to say to in eight and a half minute miles to prevent injury because of impact i could run like internally forever at that pace so yeah, so that's, so a, really, that's a really the, nice pace though the injury yeah but it's like that's like running on my hands to me you know what i mean so right that, okay so that's another thing that was very frustrating is it's hard for me to run that slow. Not, not, I mean, not to sound stupid or arrogant or something, but normally well, like, when I would run, but like normally when I would run, if I would, my brain would start spacing off, I would, all of a sudden I'd be like, Oh, that was a six minute and four second mile. I'm not supposed to train at this pace. And it would be accident. You know what I mean? Like I would just be thinking, and so that has been one of the biggest challenges was running slow to prevent injury, knowing the distance that I have to do this year. And now it's like a comfortable pace, 830, where it's just happening continuously, which is a concern, <laughs> you know, like, because in 2020, I'm going to go after racing half marathons, 50Ks, and I'm going to do a 100-mile race, um, which I may try to do the hundred mile race at the end of this year, depending on where the standing sit, because where, where I am right now, I think it would be good. And then going into 2020, I'm going to start racing half marathons or sprints, you know, uh, a 50 K is still fast too. So I'm going to have to retransition back into speed because it's become all too comfortable for me to run an eight and a half minute mile now. So I think about that too. That's a bit of a concern, but it really shouldn't be. I know I can get it back. Um, but I also know that, like, I'm probably running eight and a half minute miles because I'm not here. You know? You, you know. Likely not, no. I, uh, from the time that I've seen you uh, uh, enjoying uh, beverages and then working hours later or eating BC Fit Meals or anything else, I, that's the conclusion that I've come to is that you're not completely human. <laughs> something yeah I, I mean i hope not i hope i'm not completely human that, that would be awesome <laughs> but 
I'm not really a big fan of the human race as it is at this point. So if I could be half of something else, that would be cool. <laughs> if you could be <laughs> half of something else, what would you be? Something awesome. I mean, it would be an alien no matter what it is, right? It'd probably because be it like from here. I'm thinking you're well, either like, like a chicken hawk or or alien. <laughs> chicken hawk. Yeah, Hunt chicken hawk. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't fly though. Yeah, well, that's that, that's why you run. That's the whole point. What? Well, then if I'm a chicken hawk, I want to learn how to fly. Uh, the the you're going to be the first chicken hawk to fly. Yeah. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. So, um, what's your biggest motivator in all this? Uh, obviously, you, you'd mentioned earlier, and you got pretty serious about it. And I was, I was like, almost getting fired up on this end of the conversation about seeing your competition and just wanting to smash them. That aside, uh, which is sort of the dark side of motivation. What are some of the like some of, like what else motivates you to, to complete this? It's all pride. I mean, every, but, but the self-accountability can be very powerful. And a lot of people don't have as much self-accountability as others, obviously. But self-accountability can be so powerful that you cannot allow yourself to do certain things. I can't. I have certain rules with my runs with cul-de-sacs and, like, and, and certain things. Like the other day, I, I was at 23 miles. I knew I was going to hit 23 miles. And I knew that I would run 26. I knew right. that I wouldn't be able to resist it. I try to talk my things, myself out of things in my head. I tried. I, I was trying to talk myself out of it for like three miles. Like, you're going to get 23 right before you get home. Yeah, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to go home. The 23 goes off on my phone. I'm about a quarter mile from my house. In my head, I go, you're not going to stop, are you? And I go, yeah. I have this conversation with myself. I try, I try to talk myself out of things, but I can't do it. Like I could be, you know, something could be hurting. And I have a rule where you, every cul-de-sac you run by, you have to run through. And I could have 12 of them in front of me on one road. And I'm just trying to get home. I'll run every one. And if I run past one, like you're hurt. It's okay. I will turn around and go back. I can't help it. Like, my self-accountability is ridiculous. It, it's, it, and so Pride, pride is a sin, right? I believe so. So, so pride is a double-edged sword because, for example, when I had my first shin injury earlier this year, running in San Diego at the time, I can't, I can't handle somebody passing me, right? So if I'm just running, whatever running on a Tuesday morning and I see someone else, I see someone on the beach. They're not even fast. They're just running on the beach. My, my pace picks up so I can catch them faster and pass them faster and leave them faster for no reason. Oh yeah. They're not racing, and, it, but no. And for example, in San Diego, if anyone was anywhere near me, I would run to the point where I was causing damage to my leg <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> but pride. And that's why pride is a double-edged sword because, I mean, I'm hurting myself on purpose. Yeah. For no reason. To beat someone who's not competing against you. Yeah, but I'm also accomplishing these things for the same reason. So that's that's why it's so complicated. It is. That's my thing. 
I actually, I, I totally relate to that because back in the day, uh, when I used to run, there was an indoor track, uh, not far from my place. It's a 12 lap mile, which if you, if you, if you, you know, used to running on a track, that's an extremely short lap for, uh, to do mile in. Um, but there would be people who there are, they're, they're, they're just there trying to get a nice workout in. And there I am not only trying to run faster than anybody who's there, but I'm trying to make sure that I lap everybody as quickly as I can, that I'm like, I'm going to lap that guy four times in this mile. <laughs> and, not, and, no, that's and, funny. I got to, you know what's worse? I, I was running and, and I just, and this was, I think, last year, even before this challenge. But I, there's a lake, well, there's, there's like 23 ponds and lakes in my neighborhood, but there's right. a bigger one, right? And it has a path around it. I think it was a jog pond or something. You know, do you remember those in yeah. grade school where, right. you know, people would pay per lap, whatever? Yeah, 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 like r- run I for hard or something that like that. Pack, yeah, I tore through that pack of ninth grade, eighth graders, like, <laughs> I saw this whole pack of them. I saw all of them. I wanted to pass every single one of them. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, I come off of the trail onto the paved path, and I see all these kids and, like, I think some of their parents and stuff too. And like, it looked like it was probably a jogathon yeah. and I had to pass all of them in that one lap that I was going around there before I went back out on the street and down the trail. <laughs> I had to pass them all. Just I mean, why? Demoralizing eighth graders, James Hansen, yeah. uh, two wheel, uh, <laughs> marketing manager for Rockstar energy drink, but also probably inspiring, like a, at least a handful of those kids that are like, look at that motherfucker run. Yeah. So, I'll show you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, a, that's another thing that's, that's really, I mean, probably one of the biggest parts of this um, and why I post everything, like my entire life on Instagram, on my stories or whatever, is I get so much feedback from people that say either, you know, from, from I haven't run in years, so I'm going to start running and, and here's my times to I took my, I dusted my mountain bike off and i'm gonna go ride it because because of your stories are like inspiring people pushes me but like it's 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 so cool to have a reason to be on the earth oh, yeah. actually making an impact because i feel like physically this is the last thing i have left to be good at uh i mean i can win local races in the 30 plus class or whatever you know like, for the rest of your but, life yeah <laughs> but like this is the last thing that like I can do something that's somewhat exceptional. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything else left. And, and the fact that I can motivate other people through this, something physical it is extraordinary to me. And Hell yeah. the feedback that I'm, I've gotten and the people that are just following me and following this journey, um, it, it's awesome. Like it really gives me, a re- it makes me happy because it really makes me feel like, after everything that I feel like my entire life that I haven't accomplished that I should have, it makes me feel like I have a reason to be here. So, so it just, it pushes me and, and then it pushes other people, which pushes me and it just exponentially spirals into this awesome thing. And, and here I am now, maybe I could win this thing overall, you know, it, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. So like, uh, based on your current progression, uh, what needs to happen for you to win at this point? Like, how far ahead is the leader? I, I come, I've been kind of keeping track of the um, 
the numbers and stuff like that, the guy who's leading actually has the same amount of workouts as you, but he's got more miles. So is it the thing where you have to start adding more distance, more frequent workout, like more, more runs? Like what, what is it you need to do to uh, catch up? Were you looking at the leader overall or the leader? I think so. That, that's what you posted on your story today. Yeah, today. It was it did he have similar workout? See, I haven't been tracking him because that wasn't a goal. Yeah. So I just now took it I I took it, that screenshot this morning. Mm-hmm. I think he has um, the same amount of workouts. But is he running yeah, in a so, dirt bikes for president hat is the question. The answer is probably no, so that's why he's gonna lose. Yeah, well yeah, that's one reason. But but I've also made up two hundred kilometers on him in the last two weeks. Because I just kind of glanced at it. Yeah. But I haven't been tracking it. So I took the screenshot this morning, basically from now on out. Here on out, I will uh, look every Monday morning because I take Sunday off to recover. So Monday morning, when I will be the farthest behind. Um, so I check. I'm gonna start starting today. I'm gonna start tracking every week because I'm not even worried about second and third. I think I'm gonna catch them. He's but he's only 500 and some kilometers ahead. When I first mentioned it jokingly, that wasn't that long ago. He was 700 ahead. So. You slack it. Now I'm going to really break down the numbers and see what I got to do. And maybe it'll go the same way the last one did. And it'll happen quick. That's wild. That, that reminds know, so. me of a, of a quote from uh, Valentino Rossi in a post-race interview. He was uh, racing after Marquez. And he, sees, he says in his, as about his, uh, he's, he's Italian or Spanish? Is he Spanish? Yeah. I think he's Spanish. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, he's one of those. Um, I, I, yeah, uh, he, I think uh, almost for sure that he's uh, he's Italian. He's one of those. Someone's going to grill me for that. But anyway. Well, which, one, which one, Marquez or uh, Rossi? Ro- I think Rossi's uh, Spaniard. He's Spanish. Uh, I feel like that's an Italian. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. There, one of them's the other one, and the other one's the other one. But anyway, um, Rossi goes, Marquez, he is very far, far, very fast. He's very far away from me. He was very small, and then I, I, I push and I push, and he get bigger and bigger and bigger, and I arrive. Right now, the guy who is ahead of you <laughs> is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and one day you're going to arrive. So that's one of my favorite uh, Valentino awesome Rossi quotes where he get, he was very, very small, and he gets getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and then I arrive. And then I arrive. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so, <laughs> like, you've also ran in some, like, like at least ten different spots now: Daytona, uh, Atlanta. Did you? Did you? You must have ran in many. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like, tell me about some of these um, runs during Supercross season. We're forty-three minutes into this, and people are probably listening. Like, are they going to talk about dirt bikes? The answer is probably no. Um, but no, I don't think we are. No, but yeah, <laughs> tell me about some of these places that you've ran it. Um. Oh well, yeah. So Minneapolis. Um, Friday, I landed. I went running. Um, I think it was something below zero. Um, but the wind chill. It was supposed to be like twenty-nine below. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was prepared. Um, you know, I wasn't wearing a lot of clothing, but I had my dirt bikes for president being eight cause it's thick. You know that they're good it's for running. Perfect. Cold. Dude, um, I, I live in the great I, Canadian North. I wear it all winter. Yeah. It's, like, it's windy too. Like it, it doesn't let the wind get in your ears, but, um, and I bought a mask. I ordered a mask before I went up there. 
Yep, good idea. Because the mask is a huge key. Yeah, um, it just keeps that air on your then, face nice and warm. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't, like, because your face will freeze, and you don't want your lungs to freeze uh, is a big thing because I've, I have I have done that before, and I started coughing up blood, and uh, it's that's not that fun, and it's not a good uh, strategy for long term. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I had – I had a I had a long sleeve T shirt on and just my my not that thick running coat. Um, I purchased uh, like uh, these gloves that uh, reflect heat back into you, right. so they raise your body temperature five degrees. Um, my fingertips got a little cold, but I had uh, I had I had hand warmers, but unfortunately I had to put them in my coat pocket because my phone was freezing, and I needed my phone to track my miles. <laughs> so, I had my hand warmers in my in my coat pocket. Um, yeah, but that is one thing. Had, uh, at these temperatures, it, the phone basically, like, even if you try and if you try and like do like you you like to take a lot of videos while you run, like it's so cold, can't. the phone will literally die while you try and do that. It's like, yeah, nice try, asshole. It'll it'll die, and then and plus the video got traces. So yeah, it doesn't even take video. No, um, <laughs> but then that they now have these uh, feet warmers that are like insoles, so I have those in my shoes. Um, that's another thing I've, I've been wearing Scott shoes, Scott motorsports, who's my goggle company. Um, their shoe actually run one shoe of the year in runner magazine and they're the best shoes I've ever worn. So in my opinion, so I'm pretty pumped to have those on board because of how many miles I'm running, but they're not thick. They're vented. They have very little on the bottom. You know, they're very minimalist. So with those little, uh, heaters in the bottom my feet never my toes never even got cold which cold feet are miserable oh, yeah. and they were never even cold even that's good the next morning on saturday morning before the race i got up at 4 a.m and uh went and ran uh 13 and a half miles in the dark in 20 something below. And that's the serious and dark I, because that's pre-daylight savings time a month ago in the great yeah. white minnesota where uh the sun comes up at 8.30 and goes down at 4.45. Yeah, I never saw the sunrise. No. But, um, but yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. You know, I, I, I tried to wonder if I was comfortable because I told myself I was or if I really was. But I, I was. You know, I, I wasn't that uncomfortable. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't miserable. Um, I had my compression tights on and shorts and socks. And that's it. There you I go. I mean, it was, I wasn't wearing a lot of clothing, but I wasn't cold. Yeah. Because really, the the key the key components are your face, your fingers, and your toes. Yeah, honestly, uh, like one of those things uh, are like I've I've obviously lived in it a long time. Um, people always like oh like even people locally they're like oh you got to put two pairs of socks. No, what 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 happens when you try and put two pairs of socks on or super thick woolly socks is that your feet are super warm at the, at the beginning because you're there in these yeah. nice warm socks or two pairs of socks and then they start to sweat and then your your so now your socks are soaked and your body your core body temperature goes down and the first place yeah. your body takes heat away from is your feet and your hands so now your soaking yeah. wet socks are warm getting cold head. and you'll literally develop ice on the inside of your boots from the f- frozenness of your your socks so you want to have basically the thinnest most like probably the tightest pair of um, compression socks you can find, and honestly, uh, yeah. Swiftwick is 
Like, I, this is not a sponsor plug. They don't give me anything other than the fact that when I used to work at a skiing store, I used to swipe as many pairs off the shelves as I possibly could and leave the store with before they went out of business. Um, Swiftwick <laughs> socks are unbelievable, and uh, they're like they're they're super tight. I wear them on flights. I wear them when I work out. Uh, they're probably the the best compression sock that I've come across. And actually, uh, you know who used to use them uh, when he was on Rockstar Suzuki? Davy Millsaps. So, um, yeah, but I think like, compression is huge. 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 I, I got to imagine you're probably I, I, wearing compression stuff on flights a lot of times, as well as the riders doing that I, as well. I sleep in the full pants sometimes. Just um, that sounds sexy. and, and I, you recover. Well, I, or the other day at the track, I wore them all day at the track. I took them off. I felt so good. Yeah. It, it just it, you recover so much faster. Even if you have restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. And you put them on. Yeah. You can go to sleep. <laughs> like, it's, the it, compression stuff is, is uh, incredible, for sure. That it is. Um, so th- that being said, um, we've definitely covered all the ins and outs of, of, of your running and, and this, that, and the other thing, uh, of all things James Hansen. Um, before we get to your your job, what you do with with, with Rockstar? Uh, what are the plans for the summer? To like, like uh, I, I come to understand, you you won't be doing any, if any, or many, if any, of the uh, one twenty five uh, dream races and stuff like that. I think uh, if I come to understand, uh, Rockstar kind of put the kibosh on that because you're you're there to work and not there to to play in the dirt, uh, which is a bummer. But anyway. Um, like, uh, what, what can we look forward to on the side of, uh, James Hansen, uh, making two strokes sound really good. Cause, uh, for whatever reason you're good at that. Well, well, I, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't do those races anymore, which, um, doesn't hurt my feelings too bad. I'm glad I got to do as many as I did, but yeah. it, it was kind of a weird deal with, uh, the fact that I'm working and I have a lot of responsibilities. I'm the only one that does them and I'm the only one there. Yeah, and the and when you were handing out uh, uh, hats and goggles, or not goggles, yeah, goggles um, at the behind the uh, um, the podium wearing riding gear from Fly Racing. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but, but honestly, like I was holding back so much during those races that it, that's a like a, it's a blow to your pride because. I know I could do better, but there were things I wasn't jumping that I would jump first or second lap on a normal day. And just yeah. having that responsibility in the back of my mind and even riding at 75% isn't safe yeah. as it is, you know, That's and there's true. a lot of fast guys out there for those races. And, and just, it, it didn't really break me up too bad to not be able to race those anymore. I'm yeah. Sure Plus you had a bunch of bad luck in those. So they were like, weren't really turning out to be awesome days for you most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really did. Like, I actually, really did have a lot of bad luck. <laughs> yeah, like I, I kept it. Like, oh yeah, James, gonna, James, you'd be like top five, and then I'd look at the, the results for it, and you're like twenty fifth, and I'm like, yeah, I, I text you, and you're like, yeah, I had a first turn crash, and I was upside down, and then uh, <laughs> my throttle grip blew off, so I had to like I had to manually uh, use the throttle by manipulating the carburetor. It was weird. Um, yeah, like. <laughs> Had to pull the carburetor off and blow on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it, it was very inconvenient. Stuff like that would always happen, and I was always bummed about that because you like you would prepare probably more than anybody, and then 
shenanigans and then uh but you were you were jumping one of the biggest jumps in uh in Colorado in 2017 on a uh about box stock 125 as you'll find so I was pretty impressed by that yeah well I mean it had it had a it had kit suspension though that's yeah. all you need it's true it's true <laughs> and, and at Southwick last year I got a full pile up on the first stop about crashing that's right there you go <laughs> it's case in point <laughs> That was about the best one. And then there was Bud's Creek when my drain plug fell out. And See? I pushed it all the way from the bottom of the track up to the pit. And Ryan Sipes, who was racing that day, and then Scuba, the, the crew chief for Rockstar uh, Husqvarna, yeah. I had a clutch. So they put it in real quick. I went to the line not even knowing, knowing if it would work with last gate pick and started like 15th from the way outside at Bud's Creek and then got cleaned down the first lap. It was stuck under my bike until everyone went by. And then I think I came back to like 21st. Yeah. But. So maybe, do you think at all <laughs> that like the guys over at Rockstar were like, how can we sort of like save him from himself and maybe not <laughs> no, let him do these anymore? To me. They, they didn't even know what was going on. Oh, okay. Right? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. What What do you think about like but, uh, this is is kind of a bittersweet conversation because uh, Sipes is doing awesome things. Uh, he's no longer a rock star athlete because he's uh, he's all Red Bull all the time, different energy drink. But uh, getting to ride so many different disciplines, like he's a good friend of yours. Uh, one of the first times that we hung out in Colorado, um, the three of us went to Outback, and uh, both of you guys had chicken that was not cooked properly. Uh, but um, oh yeah, it was rock. It was like pink. My dad was there too. That's right. We were all four was there. in my room. Yeah. Like yeah, the, there was four of us in the room. There was all four of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, good friend of yours, <laughs> taking on all these different disciplines and being cool. Like he's like, um, Sipes is his own man, but I, I got to think that uh, like, the, is, like is, is this not a James Hansen move, what he's doing right now? Yeah, no, he's an idiot too. And he tries to say that I'm a meathead, but he's just as much of a meathead as I as I am, and yeah. we're both idiots. And <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that today, and and he was trying to tell me he's not an idiot, and I was like, "Yes, you are. You're an idiot." And I, he asked me a question, and I was like, "Well, this is what I would do, but I'm an idiot, and so are you." <laughs> so he he's just as bad as I am, and and we've always decided that if we live next to, we always want to live like by each other. Yeah, but we also know that we'll die. Right. So, yeah. It's a, it's another double-edged sword where we want to live together, or not together, but near each other so we can hang out all the time, but then we'll die. So, <laughs> what do you do? We can't even work out together. Yeah. No, like, it's we, like, for the same reason, like, a, a dog, like, for a, a dog wants chocolate, but it'll die as well. It doesn't yeah. make it stop wanting chocolate. We... One time we worked out together in, in Washington in my old house, and I put together this circuit, and, and we went so hard that we couldn't complete sentences for the entire day. We, we, the whole rest of the day, we were just talking gibberish because we went so hard. And it, the circuit that I made was stupid in itself, but then we just kept trying to go faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's just an example of what would happen every day if we lived by each other. It would be stupid. <laughs> thought it would be. Uh, no, you, you guys are like the the two of you. You, you just bite off more. Like, oh, he he ran a this how, however fast mile. I'll do a I'll do it two seconds faster. I'll like or this or like <laughs> uh, I'll do it with a. That's why every time yeah. we hang out, it's called dumb stuff week. 
Dumb stuff, yeah. Well, you guys were doing It's a some... hashtag, dumb stuff week. It's over the top. Um, but w- what about your riders, man? Uh, okay, between uh, Thomas Covington uh, and his wonky knees uh, acclimating himself <laughs> to Supercross, the, yeah, uh, the yeah, huge yeah. bummer of a, uh, JA21 leaving the series and, and no longer competing because of his injury uh, to his arm, breaking his arm, and uh, maybe just an uncharacteristic start to Zach Osborne's uh, career, or not, uh, 450 career, um, this has been a, different, a little bit more of a different uh, year for you as far as uh, uh, last year compared to this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time we've gone through this, so the highs, unfortunately, aren't as high as they used to be. They're, they're, they're higher with, you know, new guys for their first time, but not as high as they used to be, and the lows aren't either, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with Jordan Bailey, and you called it, actually. I feel like an idiot. We talked on this podcast a year ago, and I'm like, I don't know about this Jordan Bailey kid. I, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's got, like top flight skills but as a basically a full-blown rookie in supercross right now running the number 52 because of his success during outdoors which uh like he's running better now than he was um uh, in outdoor races like uh it's pretty cool to see that kid kind of come to form yeah he's still only 18 that's what i mean yeah and and uh yeah he's getting better every week um almost won a heat race in daytona yeah um unfortunately Went down with another ride on the first lap of the main, just like almost every guy on the team. <laughs> but um, came back to 11th um, from last, which is which is pretty good. Um, that track was an animal. It always is. Uh, I don't know if it was one. You know, every year it feels like yeah. it was worse, but it probably is, is just that bad every time. But I don't know. I mean, Watching the 450 man and the mistakes Zach was making, like towards the end, and, and uh, it, it was it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because there were some huge quads and stuff there, and just the way they had to like hit those quads, though, quads. It wasn't just the fact that it was a long jump that you literally had to like kind of hop, skip, and a jump into the into the face of yeah. the um, the quad where you're like they're kind of like too. yeah. They were tight, but then they also went like seventy nine hundred feet in the air, like and and not even just the, the one section, the obvious one. There was the one over on the other side, yeah, that's where right. it was like a double quad, double triple triple something. Yeah, or no, they can go quad quad, and I'm like, oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, so high. Yeah, because like, and like that was there's actually there was a similar jump like that or jump sequence in Phoenix last year that actually the only 250 guy I know was doing was Mitchell Oldenburg where you had to basically like wheel tap and then drop into a, a on the backside of a like you had to go small to big and then drop down back to the other side of it almost like a a mountain bike and like pump down the backside of it and then send it 70 feet into a flat corner um, not easy whatsoever uh, and and that's just sort of like like. Like, are those those moments where, like, you've been around these races for damn near 25 years uh, as both, uh, like, riding as a professional, both 125 and 250, um, and then now uh, working with Rockstar for as many years as you have. Um, are those the moments that still sort of, like, it's still pretty wild to watch these guys do what you do, what they do? Because, like, 
if you're at the races all the time, like after a while, opening ceremonies is a whole like a very ho hum. Uh, watching guys yeah. do huge whips, like yeah, seen it before. But like that nah, sort of stuff it. is like those won't ever get old. Well, true, but you <laughs> know what I mean. Like I like those it. are the types of things that are just sort of like like that those bike skill things that just to me are always jaw dropping. That guys can just drop them at the basically at like almost at will, which is even more impressive than just being able to do it. Per, period is just do whatever the hell you want. You know, it, it's always really cool when, when they first do it. And then as, as the main events go on, it just gets scary to watch. Like, you, you start to get scared yeah. watching. And, Chad and almost I, died in the main event. Like I don't know if anyone when noticed you're riding. That. Like, when you're riding, like I, I never... I mean, unless something is deteriorating horribly. Like, yeah. if it's something gnarly and you're doing it every lap, but it's not deteriorating, I, I never really think about it when I'm riding. But when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, man, I'm... Well, she didn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's scary. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I've had buddies where, like, you're watching them and you're, like, they're hitting this one spot on a jump face that's developing a kicker. And you're, like, if he hits that thing at that hard, like, if he, if he, like, forces it in as hard the next lap, like, he's going over the bars. And uh, what, what's amazing with those guys is they'll come to a situation like that. They will get, the, they will be on a, a trip to Indonesia and they still pull it off. Like yeah, you just throw your feet back, but your body, your brain does it automatically because you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. You hit kickers, and and your body adjusts accordingly without even thinking about it. I mean, and, and when I had my own track growing up, I would hit the same line over and over again just to see how stupid I could make it. And I mean, I knew going into it, it you know, when you're the only one riding, it's not going to change much, yeah. <laughs> you know, from the last time you hit it to to the next time. It's going to be true. however it was. But but I used to do it on purpose. But it's almost like painting to me. It's an art where I'm just like, how deep can I make this thing? Like, how stupid can I make this thing and and still ride it? <laughs> so I uh, actually miss that about having my own my own place. So hopefully I'll have my own track again someday. For sure, as long as you uh, take the time to uh, uh, rebuild your current home, which uh, it was after, um, and we've had you on since then. Uh, not only. Did you uh, rebuild some things around your house? But uh, like you can also sort of, for those who didn't listen to that podcast, which I, I assume most people have, but we do have new new listeners. Um, how many uh, like you you uh, you helped out a bunch of people after uh, the hurricane hit uh, your house? Yeah, what was your question? I don't think you finished the question. Sort like, like <laughs> so tell tell us a little bit about like basically rebuilding your like you built you rebuilt your shed and then uh, in and around that you also uh, you helped out and, and brought some energy drinks to uh, some first responders and shit. No, you know what was funny was uh, my fence got broken in yes. one spot because the neighbor left his trampoline out. Thank you for me off. Do, asking it, the question. Yeah, it broke the four by four. Like it broke it. Like it cut it. Like it was a skill saw. And I drug it back over there and threw it in his yard and stepped on a nail in the process because his whole fence was down. Um, so what I did because I traveled almost the entire year last year. I was home during December and it, we had a lot of rain last year, unbelievable amount. I built a shed from scratch instead of fixing my fence. <laughs> Because I wanted a shed. I didn't even have a shed. So I built it from scratch, and my fence is still broken because I haven't had time. Um, I really need to fix that. It's only one section. It's really stupid. It's 16 feet of fence, one post. Uh, I still have the uh, sections because I took it apart. (laughs) So all I got to do is put one post in and put it back together. But 
I built a shed instead because it was new construction. That's more fun than repairs. Um, I agree, but that's how I, how I operate sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, actually the, during the hurricane, it was pretty funny because I wanted to help really bad. Um, but couldn't figure out how, so I loaded up every case of rockstar that I had left in the, in the garage and I, took it to the linemen, you know, repairing power lines and, and went to all the fire departments. And then I saw some people with boats at a church. I stopped by there, ended up being the Cajun Navy, ended up going on a rescue an hour later. Um, and then for the next two and a half weeks, um, went, pulled people out of the water, fed people. Um, we had, I can't remember the numbers now. I remember like halfway through the time that I was working with them, we had already fed, brought water, whatever, over a million people um, through this little tiny church. That's we had so cool. semis coming through, several semis coming through every day, dropping off supplies, people donating supplies, like catering out front to the people. Like we had hundreds and hundreds and well, thousands, like thousands of people <laughs> coming to this church every day, getting clothes, filling up grocery bags. Um, then we were driving to less fortunate areas and delivering it. Um, some of us had guns drawn on us. Uh, you know, crazy. It, it was like much, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, you go into a neighborhood and you're, and you're bringing food to people. They're completely ungrateful. You know, like how come I can't have peaches? She got peaches. I don't want pears. <laughs> like they like bring pears. them like toiletry items. And they like and Colgate they have razors in there. No, they no, they would want different colored razors. Wow. Like, don't you have pink ones? Like that that's how people are. That's um, but some of the coolest stuff, like we we would go uh one night I went in went with the boats and um we had to put the boats in from the street because the water was so high. You know, the park was completely underwater. And it was like one in the morning, we went into the Cape Fear. And, and it was moving. It was 20 feet high. Um, pitch black. And going up river to save people. And then we actually went and got a boat that was stuck in the bushes with people in it and had to tow it back and in, the, in these waters. And it was pretty cool. That, that was the coolest part for me. Uh, obviously, feeding all the people is cool. But that was exciting. You know, that, that was a good time. Yeah, buddy. And it just like these are just... Uh, a few of the many amazing things that uh, James Hansen does on a regular basis. For those who don't are, aren't already fo- following, uh, Professor is it Professor underscore two no, two ninety six? I don't like those. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's uh it's just Professor two ninety six. Professor no underscore, you're a great follow on social media, and and then on top of that, uh, you, you're probably one of the more interactive guys that uh, has a cool follow. Uh, so if you're if you're listening to this right now, if you've gotten through an hour and six minutes of uh, this meandering uh, awesomeness that is the the Big Mix Radio podcast, whenever James Hansen's every on, every time, yeah, go <laughs> go on and uh, and follow uh, Professor Two Nine Six, and uh, hopefully he'll post some videos of him. Uh, him riding soon as well from tomorrow night as well as uh, I, I imagine you probably have some fly racing uh, gear to to break out because if you haven't ridden since December I can't imagine Max hasn't uh, just like thrown things at you uh, all things including maybe even a uh, uh, that brand new fly helmet the uh, what's it called now 
Well, you know, I uh, you're an art uh, arrow guy, got, but yeah, you know what's funny about arrows? It's actually pronounced Iro. Iro, and I whatever. say arrow as well because no one knows would know what I was talking about if I said Iro, which yeah. is just the 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 advance of uh, language. But you know, if I say arrow, Iro, no one will know what I'm talking about. So I say arrow too, which is frustrating inside, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I still I still wear an arrow helmet. I'm I'm always very loyal to uh, whoever I'm with until something comes to an end for some other reason besides I will, I will never leave anyone for no reason. But um, yeah, I had actually gotten three sets of gear last time I was out there and I did, I wore two sets and I had just started wearing Scott goggles. And so I had the, all these three different combos I wanted to do and I wore two and then I haven't gotten any photos in the, the red gear with the, uh, no, the blue gear with the blue gear and the red goggle lens, which I really like to mismatch my gear with my goggles and gloves. So red gloves, red goggles, red goggle lens, blue gear. Um, so I do have one more set that I need to uh, to capture in photos. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, then I'll need some new stuff because they just came out with with the uh, 19.5 spring mesh, and it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um... So. So, um, you, you mentioned you're waking up 4 a.m. to do these runs. What's this week of run schedule look like? Or do you sort of like ad lib as you, as the way the body feels or, or do you stay regimented like that? Well, it's, it's basically for the whole year, I need to run 125 a week minimum. So, cause I think that'll give me a 6,000 miles. Um, but this week, I'm going to run a little more. I have a, you know, I started strong because the, well, the first few days I went, I, I did a lot of miles for whatever reason. Um, and then I did the 200 mile week. So that's a bonus. Um, so I need, I actually did 300 miles in the first 11 days. So basically skipping Saturday, uh, or skipping Sunday, I have, a, I have 20 days left to do another 300. So that's the goal for the rest of this month is to get a 600 mile month in. Um, and then, the uh, basically the the run going from my house to my old house is it's kind of out of the it's gone you know I'm still tracking it and, and doing the thing but like I'm at 1,200 miles and you know in two two and a quarter months that it's not the 3,000 miles is going to get blown out so then Davy Coombs was talking to me about doing a story in Racer X um, thinking about you know on what date because Washougal is the farthest one away which was 20 minutes from my old house on one day each, each, you know, whenever I would get to each national, because that's the farthest one away, which if you just, you know, if you break it down kind of from my house to there, each one separately, um, obviously Washington will be in the farthest away. You can kind of do something, but I had a better idea. <laughs> and that was, I want to calculate, let me do it tomorrow. How far the truck drivers actually drive in order of schedule. Cause right. I bet you it's, a, it's, I don't know if that would add up to 6,000 miles. You know what I mean? It might be less. So I, I can probably run the distance to travel the entire outdoor season in order of schedule. You know what I mean? Which yeah. Would be way cooler. Yeah, that, that would... Uh, depending on depending on the order of the races, yeah. Um, when it goes... I mean, you go... Unadilla, Wa- Washington, Washougal, that's a tough one. But for the most part, they're not super, yeah. super far. Like, uh, so Hangtown to Paula is... 
Hangtown to Paula is what far. seven hours. So that's it's probably not that far, maybe ten. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so that's six hundred. That's call that six hundred miles. That's yeah, only a week. So, but and then you go Colorado, which is, and then you go High Point. Yeah. So it maybe it maybe six to seven. I don't know. I want I want to figure it out because that would be really cool to actually do a, the series in order. But it may be too much. I don't know. Yeah. I got I to do the math. We'll figure so, it out. Yeah. I like it. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I have to uh, get to my outdoor workout for the evening. I still have another 45 minutes to go before I actually have a hockey game tonight at 10.50. Um, but... Always a pleasure, never a chore. James Hansen here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Permission for me to call you up uh, at a moment's notice to do another one of these. Yeah, that's how you usually do it. Yeah. You've got to get a number that doesn't say unknown at some point. Well, that, that's because I call you through Skype. I know, you got to figure something else out. Well, if you would just text me right before, then I would yeah, answer. Yeah, because you, you won't answer the... The, the unknown call. Although, maybe that's how you'd know. No, because it's not worth the risk. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, I'll, fi- I'll figure out a way to, to get it. I don't want to do it talking to people on the phone I don't want to talk to. Or you could just download Skype so that I could just call you via Skype and it'd be cheaper. Yeah. Skype no, just... I like this. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Around. Um, this has been fun. For podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Bye. There you have it, guys. My podcast, my basically that's my full phone call with James Hansen of Rockstar as well as Dirt Bikes for President. You can go to dirtbikesforpresident.com and check out the website. Really cool hats, beanies, socks, uh, coffee mugs, but bunch of things on there. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, clothing brand, uh, just some like it, it's just about being on a motorcycle, loving motorcycles, and uh, wouldn't it be awesome if uh, dirt bikes could be president? So check that out. Uh, I didn't throw any commercials in this just because the com- the conversation I always have with James is super organic, and uh, to be honest, this one's just a sort of a special episode. So I hope you guys listened to it. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, you guys will continue listening to these podcasts. I love doing them. Uh, Huge thanks to Sickwix, Th- Uh Those candles are awesome. I know, I know you guys probably roll your eyes when you hear that uh, that commercial, but honestly, those the guy who runs that company loves motocross. There's some, some motocross inspired candles, and they smell awesome. Uh, if anything, to tell your wife about them, and uh, they're a great value. So uh, yeah, or your girlfriend, or whatever you got. Um, otherwise, yeah, use the discount code. Bradner, Big MX Radio 15 on MedterraCBD.com. You want to check that out. Uh, it's been a really big, successful one for me. Uh, I really enjoy it. They sent me a care package today, which I'm super stoked about. So, uh, yeah, you guys really have uh, an awesome rest of your day, and hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. And, uh, yeah, check you guys later. Thanks for listening.